Welcome to Aleph Across the States. I'm your host, Dan Reynolds. Today we have a podcast that we previously recorded before the coronavirus pandemic, but we wanted to make sure that we still gave the opportunity for you all to hear this very important discussion. This podcast was recorded at the Conservative Political Action Conference back in February. Welcome to an on-the-road episode of Alec Across the States. I'm your host, Dan Reynolds. If you hear the noise in the background, it's not an editing issue. It's actually that we're just sitting here at Media Row at CPAC. And I'm sitting down with Michigan Representative Graham Filler, who's actually going to be speaking from the main stage this afternoon, talking about some criminal justice solutions uh, at the state level. It's really important for our listeners to understand. I mean, this is obviously a growing thing. It's it's becoming a lot more popular. Yes. Clearly, you know, that's why you're getting called up here to the main stage. So one, congratulations. And two, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Oh, man, I'm excited about this. I will tell you, I went to Alec uh, Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. And talked about criminal justice reform. And people just seem to understand it. Maybe more than I've heard in the past. People really got it. I mean, I felt like they were dialed in. They were asking good questions because at the base of it, uh, what's the greatest thing that the government can take away from you? Your liberty. Yeah. And th- sometimes the justice system does that. And when that happens, we want it to be proportional. We want it to be uh, good government, not overreaching government. And that's the base of our uh, criminal justice reform that we've been working on. So one more thing. The states, they're laboratories of democracy, right? Of course. The and classic line the that classic. we all love. And so what are we doing? We, we've made Michigan a laboratory for working on common sense criminal justice reforms that give people opportunity uh, to get jobs, to get off the welfare system, to provide for their families, to sure. be in communities and make the communities safer. The, the, the aspect of fighting against recidivism, right? Getting back you know, re-entry into society after you have paid your debt to society is kind of the classic line toward it. And I think that's really important because if we are looking at, you know, you can look, you can look at punishment and uh, the criminal justice system in two different ways. It's either just a stick to hit people or it's a system to change hearts and minds. Right. Thousand thousand percent. So I was at the uh, attorney general's office in Michigan for about seven years and I worked very closely with victims of low-level crimes or very higher-level crimes. And there were two reactions, and I, I share it all the time. Number one, it was punitive, right? They want yeah. a punishment for the crime, that, and absolutely understand mm. it, and I would help with that. Number two, they would hope it wouldn't happen to other people. And they would say, God, I, I hope this person does not commit this crime or this action because it hurts so bad to be a victim. And so if our work on criminal justice reform leads to fewer crimes perpetrated on individuals, then I really think we're doing well. Yeah. So... First Step Act. Everyone knows it. It's really popular, very successful bipartisan policy for criminal justice solutions at the federal level. Um, one thing at ALEC we love talking about is that it's actually very much based on two ALEC model policies. You know, we love talking about that. And uh, Ronnie, he's around here somewhere working, talking with some people, our senior director of uh, the Criminal Justice Task Force. Um, and actually, someone asked me this question the other day, and it got me thinking. So what's the second step? What are some things that we could do next, right? I mean, if this is the first step back, and maybe, you know, think about it from your own perspective as a state legislator. What is something that you think you'd love to see done in Michigan or maybe something that you know you're currently working on? So there's two ones I can bring up right off the bat. Expungement is one. And I'm not sure. I assume federal expungement is pretty limited. You're familiar with what expungement is, right? Yeah. You have a crime on your record. Eventually, you'd like to get it taken off the record. Yeah. You only get it taken off the record if you've been a good actor for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're sitting in prison getting your crime taken off your record. That makes no sense, yeah. right? You, you do some sort of crime. 
low level to high level, you pay the proportional penalty, and eventually you can ask to get it taken off your record. Yeah. So I don't know federally um, expungement where that sits. Sure. I assume it's pretty limited. Sure. Uh, there are a lot of states, Michigan including, that are trying to expand it because they see a lot of power and uh, ROI behind the mm. expungement. So there was a Michigan study, University of Michigan, that said people who access expungement make something like uh, 20% more on their earnings the next year, yeah. instantly. Mm -hmm. uh, more access to loans, more access to promotions, uh, job opportunities. It's basically like this cascading effect of positiveness when yeah. you access expungement. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're trying in Michigan. We got it through the House, bipartisan support, now it sits in the Senate. Yeah. Um, the second part I would think about is decrim, okay. the concept of decriminalizing. And that's not, to calm folks down, that's not, you know, really high level assault and battery you know sure. no yeah, we're going to yeah, make yeah. that a civil infraction now that's ridiculous yeah, yeah. those are crimes against individuals yeah. we're talking about like driving with an expired license yeah 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 uh, do you have to go to jail for that and i think proportionally there are a lot of folks who would say no yeah and so and i just want to walk you quickly through uh, the difference when you look at a civil infraction versus when you get your misdemeanor ticket that's given to you. Mm. If you're given a civil infraction ticket, let's just say for an expired license, you pay it and you keep moving on your day. Yeah. Let's just say you're in Northern Michigan and you get a misdemeanor ticket for, you know, uh, for snowmobile violation. Mm -hmm. You have to go home to the Detroit area. You have to come back two weeks later. They have to call in the law enforcement officer. Yeah. They have to have an actual hearing. Uh, and it's going to get pled down because it's so low level anyway. Yeah. So why not just cut off all these government steps, go straight to the issue, get that money, and stop burdening law enforcement and let them focus on actually, you know, protecting the public from dangerous crimes. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to look at it and pretty practical, too, for Michiganders. I'm actually, uh, full disclosure, listeners, I'm actually from Michigan. I didn't, oh! I didn't even tell uh, Representative uh, Filler that before we sat down. I didn't want didn't to earn any points, uh, you know, that I, that I didn't deserve. Uh, but, you know, obviously, Michigan is the best. It's um, exceptional. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm from the suburban Detroit area, so Southfield, Michigan, if you're familiar with that Great. at all. Yep. yep. Um, born and raised there. Um, went to college there, too. What maybe have you learned from another state? Or what maybe is a lesson that you would wish another state could learn that you guys are working on in Michigan? Because I think that's really important for our listeners who are, are you know, mostly Alex state legislators. A big reason why state legislators come to Alec is because they kind of want to pick the brains of their fellow legislative colleagues from a different state. And they kind of want to see how do you do this, yep. how do you do that, yep. right? Yep. Uh, balanced approach is the number one. And I'm going to, when I go on the main stage and I get to talk about this, this is why conservatives are very good at criminal justice reform. We don't flip out. We don't see one bad video of a bad acting law enforcement officer on YouTube and then decide to throw out the entire criminal justice system. Yeah. America is a nation of laws, but they should be proportional. So we work with law enforcement. And that's something, Michigan, we learn from other states. Sit down with law enforcement, see what makes them comfortable, see how you can get agreement. You don't yeah. want to roll over law enforcement groups just because it's a good talking point it's nationally. Working in tandem, right? Like working with them as partners. I, you know, I say this sometimes, uh, yeah. it, do you have an approach where you're, you're pushing people or you're coming in with open arms? That's right. right? So, I mean, for expungement, we actually did, we also did something called civil asset forfeiture, which I'll talk to you in a second. Yes. Maybe you're fully aware, but that fits pretty decently oh, totally. in the concept. Yeah, yeah. It would be me in a room with the prosecutors, and I'd say, 
Um, I think expungement is going to help the public. And how can we get it to a point where you're comfortable and I'm working closely with you? Yeah. And uh, they were remarkably good actors, really open conversations. Yeah. And um, so I think that's something we learned from other states. We knew it kind of going in, but I would advise ALEC legislators, ALEC listeners, work with your law enforcement, ask them hard questions, and have them be part of the process when you work on criminal justice reform. Because there is the other end of the spectrum, which is it's hard being a law enforcement officer out there. Sure. You get targeted, everybody's yeah. got a camera on you looking for you to slip up, and there are some bad actors. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, you can do this multi-tier. We can be nuanced in this world. That's we the can, idea. We should be. We yeah. should be. Yeah. You can support law enforcement and at the same time push for a fairer, more efficient criminal justice system. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to look at things. I mean, you, it's, you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing, right? Let's just let's work toward a great solution that keeps everyone involved and makes everyone happy 100%. and we're moving forward still. So. We talked about you wanted to bring up civil asset for- forfeiture a little bit. So for the listeners who don't know what civil asset forfeiture is, can you give a brief, quick download, and then we can get into uh, what you guys have been doing in Michigan. Sure, I'm going to nutshell it. But uh, the concept of the government, typically through law enforcement, seizing your property is not a new one. Yeah. Now they can seize it, and then you know if you're not charged with a crime, typically you're given your property back and you move on. However, we created Michigan... 40 years ago or something like that, something called civil asset forfeiture. And what it was meant to do is give law enforcement a tool against drug dealers. Mm -hmm. So they pull over an individual on M10 in Detroit and they say, you got no plates, you got no license, and you have no idea where that $50,000 in your trunk is is from or is going. We know what's happening here. We're going to seize, you know, that's drug money. We're going to seize that money on the car and you go on your merry way, even though we can't convict you of anything. But and so that's what it was created for. Unfortunately, it got weaponized against the little guy mm-hmm. where you'd get pulled over for, uh, you know, you've got a joint and $500 and they'd say, boy, it'd be really tough if you got that, you know, misdemeanor conviction. Why don't you just walk away from, from the cash and, and the car? Yeah. And so you've got like, a, you know, street side justice, which, you know, we, we like courts. We yeah. like people being able to- It's the rule to, of law, right? Sure. Not the rule of persons. That's right. Plead their case. Yeah. And so- we essentially got rid of it in the state of Michigan at the at the start of my term. We left a sort of a drug dealer carve out, which is anything over fifty thousand they can, mm-hmm. uh, fifty thousand value they can seize. But basically, got rid of the low level, um, the street side justice kind of concepts. And sure. I think that is a model. I don't know how many states even have civil asset forfeiture, but I have no problem with the government seizing and then figuring out what's going on. I have a real problem if they're forfeiting, which means the government has taken your property yeah. without levying a conviction against you. Yeah, and a lot of times, I, there, I mean, obviously this is these are more anecdotal and kind of one-offs, but there are some bad stories out there where the little guy really gets hit where sometimes property will be seized and then that property will be sold to benefit the actual police agency and then the person comes back proves their innocence and goes, hey, where's my car? It's gone. Or, yeah, dude, where's my car, basically? Sure. And it's just gone. It's sold, yeah. it's scrapped, whatever. It, and it's not It's not that it's anecdotal, but it happens. Yeah. And it happened. But those are the practical Some folks took that, advantage of yeah. it, and there's some stories from Michigan that everyone knows about, yeah. uh, higher profile ones. But that was the first one that we worked on. It was literally the first thing I ran through my committee, and it just made too much sense. 107 to 3 out the Michigan House, and then the governor signed it a couple months later. Wow, great. That's awesome. So, Coming to the end of our segment a little bit, we still have a couple more minutes. Uh, we try to keep it a little short for our listeners, not too long. want to make sure everyone can listen to it on their uh, commute here. 
Um, what's you know your big takeaway from CPAC? You having fun? Do you think uh, state legislators you know have something to offer to what is predominantly a college? individual event. If you look around here left and right, uh, you, they bus them in uh, from all across the country. There are a lot of youth here. That is awesome. <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm going to tie in criminal justice form because I'm here to talk about it. Uh, you should be, when you get into politics, whether you're young or old, I don't care how, you should be having non-traditional conversations. Mm. You shouldn't just be tied to an orthodoxy. You know, if you know, if people say it's right, I believe it. You know, criminal justice is this great conversation about freedom yeah. and about proportional penalties and the government justice, and justice right? yeah. and the government acting proportionally. Republicans are really good at sort of looking at bylines and trying to save money on budgets, except in the criminal justice system. And it's mm. always been that weird gray area. Michigan corrections budget is is billions, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, what's your ROI? We ask about ROI from everything yeah. in government spending. Yeah except criminal justice. So let's ask that question and let's tell uh, younger po younger folks and people who are here, it's okay to talk about non-traditional things. We had this great coalition of progressive groups and conservatives who sort of shrugged their shoulders and said, yeah, we agree we should be talking about a more efficient, yeah. fairer justice system going forward. And that's awesome. That's yeah. non-traditional. Let's have those conversations. I like that. And that's you know something we should strive more for is having some of those conversations together and thinking about what the future is going to look like to get in a little bit of the idyllic sense. But that does bring us to the end of our segment. I'm Dan Reynolds, your host of the State Focused Policy Premier Podcast from the American Legislative Exchange Council. I've been sitting down with Representative Graham Filler from Michigan. His district is 93 out there. And thank you very much for sitting down with me. I know you've got a very busy day here at CPAC. You'll be telling everybody about how states get things done. Labs of democracy. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Okay, appreciate you. Yeah, of course. And if you would like to be featured on the Alec Across the States podcast, do not hesitate to email acrossthestates at alec.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alex States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council.